Right. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your presence. I thank you for my brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, God, of, of all things, we want this to be a place this morning where you are, are welcomed, where you, you have your rightful place. And, and uh, so, Lord, we're gathered in Jesus' name, and we come boldly before your throne of grace to receive mercy in time of need. And, and Lord, you love us so much and we want to abide in that. We don't want to forget that. We don't want to walk away from that. And God, mission focus was so rich. So, so much seed was sown and uh, it landed in our hearts. And, but God, sometimes our hearts are kind of hard and sometimes it's rocky and sometimes there's thorns and, and God, we, we could, Lord, we could be so fickle that we could actually hear from you and then just go back and live like we didn't. And God, we, we ask you to speak to us today and help us, Lord, to not only remember what you said, but figure out together as groups, like, what do we do with that? Like we heard from you, what a thing. And, and then what do we do with that? God, help us, Lord, to meet with you together. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. Yeah. So um, I, I think we, we should do, our, do, do some mission-focused testimony. So what that, huh? Oh, yeah, there's another announcement. On the 15th, we're going to have a leaders meeting for our Bible study leaders. So if you're a Bible study leader, let me know if you can or can't make that. And then if you're a Bible study leader and you've got guys or ladies that you're like, oh, they need to come to this because they're also leading or being trained to lead or whatever, then, then they need to come to that. Or if you want to be a Bible study leader and you're not like, then you need to come to that. So it's not meant to be restrictive, but if like, you don't have to come either. Right. So it's not like, so, all right. So anyway, that, that also, so with our mission focused testimonies, like I said, we have a little more time, you know, Sam's like, we're not letting go of the mic. You got 30 seconds and then they're going to walk away. So you, you do have more than 30 seconds. However, you don't have 30 minutes. Like, like, don't come, like, just preach a whole sermon for 30. Like, just come and share what God showed you. And, and you guys, this is how it works. Ready? That thing that God, it's going to resonate. Like, you don't have to, like, talk other people into. It's, it's going to resonate because that's the, what the Holy Spirit's saying. So be at peace just to come up and share what God showed you. And then, and then we'll be, we'll be blessed because of it. So anybody want to kick us off? Deanna, now, now come on up. You got to come on up here and do that. So we'll start with Deanna. All right. Mine was on um, Friday, um, Friday night. For some reason, I think it's because on Tuesday night, we start church at seven. So um, my husband was like, make sure you get there before 630. Um, so, um, cause he always has to save my seat <laughs> and he's always playing drums. So it's hard for him to always save it. But, um, so we got there 
just a little bit before 6.30 on Friday night. And, um, and they're already singing. I told Nathan, I was like, oh, they're just still practicing beforehand. I had my mind thought seven o'clock because that's when we always start prayer on Tuesday nights. It's like, oh man. Um, but so I came in and my son had to go up and sit in the balcony and not down with all the rest of the Kaya kids. And the whole time I was looking back and I was like, oh man, because um, there was a seat by me. And it's like, oh man, you just come and sit down by me. God, tell him, tell him to come sit by me because I don't want to be all by himself up there. Um, and then, uh, but it just kept coming over me. And then God was just like, how about you just rest in what I, what I've told you, the truth, the, the, um, the promise that I told you that, um, cause he gave him godly sorrow. Cause my son had just repented a couple weeks ago. He has been out in the world for a couple, couple years. And, um, and so that's what a big thing. He just kept doing that over and over to me all week. It's like rest in the truth that I've given you. I told you that I gave him godly sorrow, which worketh with repentance to salvation, not to be repented of. And, and so he's like, just rest in that. I've got him. Don't try to, to get him. Cause I was going to call him <laughs> and he's like, no, that's my job. Let me do that. Don't step on my toes. And he's like, just rest in me. This is me teaching you Deanna right now, just rest in it. And that was the hardest thing. It's so hard to give up on this person that's been under my charge for all these years. Um, but yeah, he, so the thing that I learned about so much um, was during the singing, just making, just like, God, just, yeah, I just need to rest in you. And so, but that's what God taught me. <laughs> Can I, can I share just a little bit about Nathan? <clears throat> Nathan made a profession of faith as a child coming up through Kid Town and the youth ministry here at Midtown. And then, you know, he was trained up in the way that he should go and loving Christian family and like, like couldn't ask for more. And then just went out off into the world and just like, you know, it's dark out there. Well, he just wanted to see how dark <laughs> the whole world lieth in wickedness. He just wanted to see how deep it went. Like, like Nathan just went, you know what I mean? Like, and so we just started praying for Nathan and we had prayers going up every hour all day every day um i don't what was what was your time like did you you had a couple yeah so 7 a.m there's prayers going up for nathan 6 a.m every day there's prayers going up for nathan just simple prayers of faith according to god's word according to god's promises 7 30 with prayers going up for nathan and then what two or three weeks ago Nathan, like that prodigal son who's out there with the pigs, he just came to the end of himself and he goes, I'm done. Like, I don't know what his words were, but he's basically like, you're right. You're, I, God's right. I, and he's, and he's back. Okay. 
I don't know. That might be an encouragement to some of you that that uh, have people in your lives that you know and love, and they won't listen. They won't listen to God. They won't listen to you. They won't listen, and they just keep doing dysfunction. I would just say this: don't lose hope. Just our hope is in Christ, though. Our hope wasn't in Nathan. Our heart was for Nathan, but our hope was in Christ. Make sense? Okay. Thank you, Deanna. Who's who's next? I was just kind of wondering, like, who who hasn't been on a mission trip to meet Christ? Who has not? Who has not been on a mission trip? Matthew's wondering who has not who has not ever been on a missions trip. Okay. So um, yeah, I've been, I've been on missions before and. Uh, just, you know, I kind of explained that I've been living overseas for a while and just we're like too comfortable in this country. Um, just just get up and do it. OK, yeah. so mission focus, it, it, it focuses us on the mission of God. And uh, we wanted to make it authentic, so we made sure you couldn't drink the water. OK, so it was. Uh, Kind of like a mission strip. Don't drink the water. So Matthew is saying um, that here, you know, like we're too comfortable. And that's, I think that's, that's right. And uh, one thing you can do to get out of your comfort zone, if I can expand on what you're saying, Matthew, is, is you can go on a mission strip. So that is actually a nice segue. This Tuesday. This coming Tuesday at our Tuesday night prayer meeting, the missions team is going to be presenting our missions trips slash missions opportunities, okay? Because you could go somewhere longer than two weeks, okay? Ask Scott and Marla. Ask Christine and I. You can go somewhere all summer. You can go somewhere all year. You can go somewhere for a month. We've got fields that are wide into harvest and no laborers that are, that are willing to go talk to Wagi about South Sudan. We've got places where, where we could use people to go and, and do that work. So we're going to be presenting the opportunities that we as the body of Christ, our local church has for our body to do our members to go and do on Tuesday. So, so yes, show up for prayer and, and then, we're going to be praying about where we should go and all that. Okay, who's next? Phyllis. All right. I didn't get a chance to attend in person. I didn't see a lot of it, but I was uh, out of town in uh, North Carolina. But what I did get to the first couple of sessions is basically what Matthew was just talking about is just go because I forgot who the speaker was Wednesday that said don't pray don't go I'm not saying don't pray don't give but he said but go I don't know which one it was remember yeah I know it's Mike but no but someone else has spoke but at any rate that really resonated is like you skip on past all this stuff because he the the main um uh, thought there was that if you go, then when you go and see, then all those other things uh, will fall into place because you will have experienced 
uh, seeing poverty and being there firsthand instead of someone else telling you about it. Um, and, and another point I think Mike made is that um, all of the trials and challenges and issues uh, that he uh, had and probably still experiencing some now there in Boston is basically the same things we go through in life. Um, because many of us, a lot of people don't know about what our struggles are, but we have the same ones that we have to depend on God. So it's mo mainly about depending on God and expecting that he will do what he says he'll do and walking that out. Thank you, Phyllis. So Cornell is still in Germany right now. Yep, Berno is a behind behind the scenes mastermind. If you ever have to travel anywhere, like you want Berno, just run your plans by him, and he'll make them better. So, all right, who's next? Pardon, Pastor Dan. Yep. Yep, Living Faith, Lee Summit, and Midtown have been partnering for years to teach pastors in India, and we've finished that curriculum. So we're going to back off a little bit on that involvement. We're going to do some trips this year to India, but they're going to be a little different. So, yeah, but pray for Pastor Dan. All right, who's next with a mission focus testimony? Pastor Wagi. We should decide if we're going to clap before <laughs> or after, because we're we're both, both. All right, Pastor Wagner. Did he call me? Uh, in fact, uh, mission focus for for me, you know, as a pastor since nineteen ninety seven. Uh, was a big challenge. And my my testimony very simple, and I will share a story. I'm not sure if it is true story or not, but I read it. Uh, do whatever God asks you to do, period. Don't argue, don't look to your circumstances, don't... Uh, Use your experience. Don't think about your your what it called ability. If he asks you to do something, do it. Uh, the story, and I can tell you, I cried every meeting for for that. Uh, and uh, I just uh, when I I said I look to the tissues because I know that my tears will come. Uh, no. <laughs> I'm enjoying the meeting. <laughs> I can tell you really, if if uh, crying will will you know uh, bad for your eyes, I will be blind now because of my crying. Uh, God many times we just uh, we just uh, try to avoid to obey him. But because of his love, he still 
you know, continued. Looks like I will need the tissues. <laughs> um, and uh, then again and again and again. And if you look to yourself and or myself, me, Lord, you have all this patience for me and uh, continue encouraging me to do something for you, even I don't deserve it. Thank you. Uh, it is it is hard, and if you look in a practical way, thank you. If you look in a practical way, it is, you know, if your boss at your job asking you to do something, and you did not do it, and he come to you next day with a polite way, reminds you, uh, you you forget. I told you yesterday to do this, and you did not do it. Even in a month, continue to come to you with a soft way. Can you imagine God is doing that? And who are we? Uh, I, I will speak about myself. I know myself. I am nothing. I am nothing. The story I read that is a, a woman with her, her child. Uh, in the in the train, and then uh, other guy. God spoke to him, shared the gospel with this woman. So he started to speak with her, and shared the gospel with her. And she, the woman, bunched him and kicked him. I don't like to hear about Jesus. But he continued, even he is bleeding. Then her uh, daughter or son told her, why, why you are you are doing that? He did he did not do anything wrong with you. So she started crying, crying more, crying, crying. So the guy who is bleeding, the, the, asking her, why you are crying? I'm, I'm okay. I forgive you. Said, you don't know what is, why I am crying. My daughter was dumb. This is the first time to speak. And uh, because of that, I am crying. How can I accept the Christ? Sometimes God is working in amazing way, but we try to just to close our eyes, our, our hearts. Thank you. Yeah, we, we don't get all the answers up front. We don't get all the data. We just sometimes get instructions because God wants to use us. And it's a step of faith in God to plug in and just say, okay, I don't see it. When we started Crosstown Missions and we left Kansas City Baptist Temple to come to this part of the city, 
Okay, there's a reason none of us lived here at the time. Okay, it wasn't. Okay, so we come, we're coming to this part of the city and we're doing Bible study in a community. And, and Christine's just, she's like, <clears throat> I mean, she, you're so gracious and kind and faithful. She is what she said. She goes, this is stupid. <laughs> she said, this is never going to work. All, th all this is, is people who could be meeting where we are already meeting and we're just going somewhere else to meet. Like, this is just dumb. Why don't we just meet where we were meeting? It's not like this is growing. It's not like we're winning anyone to, nobody's coming to this. Nobody, like we're doing backyard VBS and we're, we're doing invitation. And then, okay, so you didn't see it. And then you just, so you're like, okay, whatever though. Like, I don't see it. I think this is dumb, but, but she's not leaning on her own understanding either. She's like, I don't see it. I don't get it. Here's the faith part. But okay, like whatever, I'll, I'll just, I'll do whatever. I'll do something dumb. I'll do something that doesn't make any sense. And, and now like, and look what the Lord has done. Just praise the Lord. So we don't always have all the data and don't get stuck in that place where, well, I know God put something on my heart to do, but I just don't see how that would work out. It doesn't matter if you see how, it, like we don't get all the data up front. We just get like instructions. Like we can just simply move forward and plug in. So I hope I didn't characterize you in a bad light. Okay. Christine is lovely and perfect in every way. Just to clarify, you even make perfect illustrations. I mean, yeah, amazing. Okay, Patrick. So I just kind of want to dovetail off of what you said, because I was here when we started. Um, and I remember we went out and did like door hangers and we were just meeting the neighborhood in groups to kind of let people know and to invite them here. And, you know, it, it was a, a time of, well, I, um, you know, we just trusted God to do a work. And I think when I look back on that, he did. And, you know, it was really exciting to see how that came to, came together, you know, and to be part of that. So really, I mean, you know, I, I didn't realize you kind of thought this was, I just kind of, I just kind of was jumping in and you know what, we'll just see what happens. And it was, it was kind of cool. But anyway, for me, um, mission focus, I, I, I was a little convicted by Jeff Bartell on Thursday when he was talking about going you know, when you're called to missions or you're called somewhere, sometimes that means you're going alone. And when he broke down Moses, or excuse me, Abraham, Moses, and then Jesus, uh, it, I saw something I didn't realize, you know, that, and really what he pointed out was in each of those examples, he said, you know, each of these people that he was talking about, you know, God said, well, I'll be with you. In fact, when he's, you know, Moses was always saying, well, Lord, I don't have the voice to speak to Pharaoh. How can you use, you know, I can't, I'm, I stutter in speech. And what was the response was, is, well, God says, well, I'll be with you. But no, God, really, I, I just don't know if I can do that. It's like, well, okay, then I'll just give you, I'll give you Aaron and he'll speak for you. But see, he really didn't get it because really God was his voice. Um, and I think, uh, 
for me, it's just having to realize that if God's calling or maybe urging you to, to step out and, and do a missions trip or even something long-term, <clears throat> uh, God's with you, um, you know, and that's really enough for me because I'm a people person. I rely a lot on people and my strength, I, I try to get strength from other folks. And so I think I had to realize that, you know, God's our strength and, you know, that's who I have to rely on. Um, and not so much drawing from other folks, but, and so I almost thought about bringing that up to Sam this morning. It's like, okay, is, am I understanding this right? So I realized Jeff wasn't implicating doing things alone in missions. No, but uh, the fact is, is, is God, you know, am I just realizing that God's enough, you know, that I'll, you know, I rely on him and uh, he'll, you know, he'll make it work. So. <laughs> you guys forgot we're doing before and after clapping. All right. One more, one more. Okay. Come on up. Woo wake up, wake up. Um, not a public speaker, so bear with me. <laughs> um, I just wanted to say sometimes it's hard to know where God is teaching you. And when we made the decision to um, spend our Christmas with his parents and then my parents, in Kansas, and then we were going to drive on to Kansas City and see some friends. In no way did I know that the missions conference was going on, and my stepdad would be gone, and my mom needed care. So God just placed that on my heart. I thankfully was obedient this time, and I'm not always. <laughs> and we made the decision to make to make that happen. So we um, went to his parents. We went to my parents. Bob came here. We came here to see some family and some other friends, and lo and behold, we stayed with Wagi, so he brought us to church today. And what a blessing to be here and hear all the uplifting stories and how everything went, and it's just like God's going, in the end, I will bless you too, even though you couldn't be here, but I will give you this moment. So um, for those of you that are contemplating being in the mission field, we had parents that were gone for a long, long time. And as the child of that, it is hard to have your family gone all the time. But I have to say, this would not have happened. My relationship with Wagi, all the stuff that we, the people we know, and Chris and Christine, and this is just huge. And seeing Jean in, in Egypt recently, God just built on this tiny little thing that happened when my parents said, hey, guess what? We're moving to Saudi Arabia. I'm like, yeah. excuse me, what? <laughs> So through that time, they met Wagi, and this has just grown and grown. So thank you, Lord, and thank you for the opportunity to share with you all. Thank you, Mindy. Okay, I'm going to present just a couple things here, and then we're going to break up in our small groups. And it may be, it may be that some of you may need to figure out how to apply some of this stuff in your personal life. Okay, if you don't know the gospel, okay, if you don't have a personal relationship with Christ, that's where it starts, okay? If, 
you know, and then some of these other things, like some of you may probably need to go on a trip. Some of you will need to, to consider getting baptized or getting plugged in, in in a discipleship relationship, taking that new members class, figuring out more about like who we are and what we do and how we do it. And is this something God wants me to be a part of, you know? I don't know what the next step is, but you can talk about that in your small groups. Two things I want to present. One is what Pastor Dave Hill taught. Okay, he taught on finishing strong. How many of you caught that? How many of you got that? All right, half of us. So by the way, for those of you who are online and then you told me, hey, I was listening online, thank you. Like I was just so brokenhearted that you missed it. Like the, if you, miss, I don't know how you can miss mission focus. Like I can't miss a meal without like complaining about it. This was a spiritual smorgasbord. Like this is going to carry me through for a while. It was so good. So rich. If I'd have missed it, I just, I think my battery would be like on red right now, but it's not, it's all green. It's like, like, don't, you don't want to miss it. So anyway, for those of you who are like, Hey, by the way, I couldn't be here physically, but I'm with you. I got like, thank you. That encouraged me. I was all I was almost just mad this morning, but you can still pick up the messages. Yes, of course. Here's, here's some things that Dave taught. He said, finishing strong is remembering his promises, that promise that God gave you that you're not living in light of anymore. Oh. How could we forget the promises he gave us? But we can and we do. Okay. Finishing strong is recognizing your position that you have in Christ. It's realizing your principles. So you make in reality your life match up with the principles that, that we believe. There shouldn't be a great gap between my spiritual reality and my physical reality. You know what I mean? Like, in other words, I'm a son of God, and then I'm going to go live like I'm not? Like, there's a, like there shouldn't be a disconnect. We should realize our uh, principles. Okay, finishing strong is reclaiming his promises. Okay, so that promise that God, does anyone know what I'm talking about? Okay, raise your hand if God has given you promises. Okay, and I know he's given you his word. Like we all have the promises of God and we all ought to take those things to the spiritual bank like a check he's written us. Okay, but there are other times where God just speaks to you directly and he's like, hey, this is a promise I'm giving you. Okay, reclaim that promise. Remember, remember that, reclaim that, okay? God spoke to me through this mission focus in those two areas. Remember the promise. Reclaim that promise. Don't let that thing slip away. Uh, retaining God's power. That will go along with those other things. Reaching for your passion. And then recharging your faith purposefully. Those were seven points that Pastor Dave Hill made in terms of finishing strong. And then Bob Matthews taught. So Bob taught um, in a nutshell. You need to know who you are in Christ. The finished work of Christ needs to be applied to your life. I don't know how you see yourself, but if you're forgiven, you're washed clean by the blood of Christ. You're no longer guilty of the things that you've done.
you, you are a new creature in Christ. All things are passed away. All things are become new. You have to have that identity. Otherwise, you can never live right. The devil still has his hooks in on you. You're not who you used to be. You're in, okay, so you got to know who you are, but then you also have to know what you are. So this is one thing that Bob really just kind of hammered down on, and he told his story. So God's asking Moses, like, what do you got in your hand? Oh, it's a rod. Okay, we'll use that. So the, the, Bob was using that as an analogy. So like, what is your spiritual gifting? According to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, if you are saved, you are gifted spiritually. What is your spiritual gift? And as Bob told his story, he just laid out like he never put down the rod. Okay, so for Bob, his spiritual gift is discipleship. It's it's one-on-one -on -one discipleship. And that is what has resulted in fruit over the course of his lifetime. So Bob was 72 when he was called to take the church in Stockton. Is that right? Am I remembering that right? 72 years old. And the church calls him and says, will you, will you come be our pastor? He's like, sure. So he pastors, but his spiritual gift and his passion and the thing that he invests in the most because the fruit comes from the spiritual gifting. Okay, don't have time to go in and teach that whole thing. But the fruit comes because it's plugged in as a branch into the vine. So what, okay, I know who you are in Christ. Praise the Lord. That's a done deal. You need to know who you are in Christ and thank God for it. That's who you are. You need to be. Okay, but then also, what are you in Christ? What is the area of spiritual gifting? And then if that requires some repositioning, man, don't be afraid of that. Okay? Don't be afraid of that. So, Mark, you, you are going to, you said God had, had showed you something. You didn't give testimony, though. Do, do you want to share something? No, you got to speak into the mic. And Mark Bailey, woo! And then we'll we'll uh, have a few minutes in our small groups. Yeah, the repositioning is what uh, caught my attention. I had mentioned since I've been at Midtown, I've been on a mission trip to Hungary. I've helped at Faxon Elementary. I have uh, worked uh, Tuesday night meals, but I realized after hearing him speak that I was doing all that for the wrong reasons. My motivation was it made me feel good. Yes, what I was doing was good, but the reason I was doing it was selfish. And he made uh, the comment that you have to be willing to be repositioned and you and if god tells you the position he wants you to take you need to be willing to trust him and step away from what you want to do and be obedient to what god wants you to do so for me i talked to uh, chris i'm still looking for god to reposition me but i'm not trying to do it myself anymore i kept saying you know what am I going to do? What could I do? What can make me feel good? Now it's, where does God want me? What does he want me to do? And so I'm trusting God to reposition me or position me so that I do it with a, with a happy heart from, from within 
to glorify him and to help the church. So it just really touched me that uh, it's all, for me, it's all about who am I trying to please, myself or God. So that's what I got out of it. Okay. Very good. So if I, if I had to put a Bible verse to what Mark shared, I'd put Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Okay. Present my body, okay, a living sacrifice that I may prove, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, that I may prove, verse 2, what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. So in other words, it's God's will. So God, here we are. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. We're gathered in Jesus' name. We're just showing up for duty. If you want to reposition me, then my answer is yes, sir. Because I don't even want what I want anymore. Any, anybody got what you wanted in life and you're like, that's horrible. Like, I'm serious. Like, I don't want what I want anymore. I tried that. Don't want to manage and run my life. I want to show up for duty. And then it may scare the socks off you. What God wants to do in your life. Well, then go barefoot. I mean, but but praise the Lord. Your option is to go back to just doing it your way again and get those results or just like, so yeah, Mark, we're going to get you. We'll figure that out. Um, yeah. So praise the Lord. All right. Small groups, uh, you guys online. I love you guys. You're a group. Um, and then we'll have just our groups at our tables. Then at 10 after, I'll just close us out uh, from up here. So we've got just over 15, 15 to 20 minutes.